Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B. Fun fact this week. He uh, runs a hostel out of his home in the UK. Really? <laughs> well, that sounds interesting. It sounds great, yeah. yeah. He fixes everyone a traditional English breakfast every morning. Is it bangers and mash? Anyone care for a banger in the mouth? <laughs> right. oh my that's God. an arrested development joke not a <laughs> not an offer it's, it's not an offer <laughs> no. right yeah no also pub date oh yeah officer boo is doing better oh good he's on a bit of a diet but he's doing better and that's your nick b pup date this episode also brought uh. to you by Ori. Ori. So I got a spoon gin update. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, wow. How many updates do we have today? Two for two. (laughs) So spoons hurt my hand, Uh guys. What? Is that how you got carpal (laughs) tunnel? I think it's part of how I got carpal tunnel. The biggest part was uh, being on a fucking mouse for like around the clock for three weeks. But I don't think playing the spoons with such... um, Vim and vigor. Vim and vigor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Helped it. And so, you know, I can't play the spoons anymore. So spoons is a euphemism, right, Mikey? That's what you got right yeah that's yeah. what i'm thinking yeah, 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 yeah spoons no here are the spoons oh my god she right still here. has them whoa 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 oh, oh my god oh no, put it away no, put it away no. oh my god <laughs> but what i'm grateful for ori about is because she told me this pro trick if you have a hand injury if you just smear an icy hot patch all over it and keep that on it like 24 hours a day it helps a lot oh yeah because now i can wiggle my hands without screaming <laughs> I like ICI. This episode also brought to you by Matt. Orca Borka. Yeah. I think there was a Swede in this movie. There is not. But no, he's in Iceland. Swing and a miss. So my Swedish fun fact today is that forests. Is that it's not Iceland? <laughs> <laughs> so my Swedish fun fact today is that forests cover 50% of Sweden. Really? There are also around 100,000 lakes and over 24,000 islands throughout the country. Sweden's right to public access laws allows these areas to be fully accessible by the public. So they have a shitload of lakes, forests, all throughout the country. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. I wonder what kind of fish they have in those lakes. Swedish fish? Oh, (gasps) the Swedish fish are delicious. That was unintentional. Uh, But they're so good. They are, yes. We now return you to another episode of The The Patrionicals. Update. Eddie has summoned horses for him and Isaac to travel to Niagara Falls because he heard there's a group of people living up there who not under the Illuminati control. So Eddie is talking to the horses and Isaac is apologizing profusely and like they've made up and they have become best friends and they're headed to Niagara Falls. So you think they just want to get out of an uncomfortable situation? <laughs> they're like, sure. <laughs> we have some friends at Niagara Falls area. <laughs> they're going to see their girlfriends they met at camp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that they've definitely slept with. Right. Yeah. Totally. Isaac has decided to give up eating people. <laughs> Wait, he just now decided that? I mean, he may have decided earlier, but this is the first time he's verbalized it. Oh, okay. That's fair. Mm. Okay. After most of his people were murdered by the Illuminati flying submarine bombing. And all right. So Eddie and Isaac are taking horses back to Mabletopia and they finally get there and they are with Mickey Mac, Mickey Mac and Kate and the koala. And they're all trying to get there. They're in the motorcycle. There's the two horses. They get back to Mabletopia, but it's just flamed ruins and scattered survivors. It was bombed out of oblivion. Oh no. Chip and Dale actually bombed it. Yeah. Oh my God. What happened to the mammals? Some of the mammals have scattered. They're alive. But what about the topia? (laughs) The topia is dystopia. No! 
Oh, yes. Oh. I love it. Kate gets there and she's moving wreckage around with her mind powers to like find more survivors and they find more they're more friends, but the koala's only good friend because koala's kind of a difficult person died in the fire. Oh no! Mm. But koala's got Mickey Mag now, so he's, he's Mickey Mag and him go smoke a cig, and they're like they're pretty chill. So Eddie, Isaac, Kate, uh, Mickey Mouse trying to help them, and they're all fighting some scattered su- survivors. But there's not many of them left. It's it's very sad. Oh, mm. but then Tristram shows up with my dog Macy. That bitch. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> and she goes, "Kill him." <gasps> Macy speaks. She does with her eyes. Oh, okay. Mm. So Tristan starts shooting at them with his like cannon arm or whatever. Right. And Kate's like, Kate had a house picked up with her mind powers. What? A whole house? The whole house. And she throws it on Tristan and Macy. Right. And it crumbles on them. And they're like, thank God, we got to get out of here. More of them are coming because they can see more robots in the distance being, you know. So wait, Tristan and Macy just got housed like they're dead? You have to stay tuned next week. Oh, my Uh-oh. God. Matthew is on his way. Because he remembers the umbrella told him to go somewhere once yeah. to find the answers. So he's <laughs> headed. He's going to Rock City. See, he's going to see Rock City. Oh, to get wow. The Dude, Rock City is pretty cool. I got a lot of answers. <laughs> That's there. where Matthew's going. He He's by himself. He's in a car. It's got a convertible. He's like trying to find himself again. He's just really sad and crying. He's like crying Aww. a lot. Because everything he did in the Patreonicals leading up to now led to the end of the world. Well, yeah. He's about halfway there and like uh, he's living on a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they need to make it to Rock City? Are Tristan and Macy still alive to kill another day? Weren't people going to the Bahamas? Find out next yeah. week on another episode Shit. of The, the Patreonicals. <laughs> This episode finally brought to you by Chris. Chris just wants everyone to know that you are loved and that you matter and that what you have to say matters. And um, the Facebook group is a really good place to kind of share your thoughts and find a lot of connection and support there. And Chris is a big part of that group. So thank you so much, Chris. Um, that, and that's something that we need to, we all need to hear, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I hear there's this podcast out in Slovakia where it's just theme music all over the place. <laughs> well, Jen, I heard about that too. Hold on. Look at my phone. I took a, I took a video of me with these theme musics in this country. <laughs> oh yeah. That's three theme musics at the same time. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You must be press, telling the press truth. Play. It's a three, it's a, a theme music. A three- <laughs> yeah, threesome. <laughs> She had a breakfast date with a guy. She's cheating on you? Well, we're not in any sort of relationship in any way, shape, or form. Did you know because her guinea pig had a new dress on? <laughs> no, I knew because she, like, was sitting in the car with him, and I was checking my mail. Do you think she's keeping you on the back burner, Mikey, in case things don't work out with new guy? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everyone. Oh, I'm God. Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys make me watch half porno, half horror movie, Hostel. That's right. So this movie came out in 2006-ish. So did you guys see it back then? No. Yes. You didn't? Okay, so Mikey, you did. Did you like it when you saw it? Back then? I was in college, uh, and I think maybe grad school, and we, I think we rented it for, like, we want to rent a scary movie kind of thing, and, like, right. I guess I didn't pay attention that he also directed Cabin Fever. Fool you once, shame on Mikey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fool you yeah. twice. Fool you twi- no, fool you shame, once, shame on, on your Roth. Roth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like torture movies. I don't yeah. like body horror. I don't remember. I, I remember so much just not liking the movie, not thinking it was scary. 
That's what I remember from back then. So, Jen, what did you think about it when you first saw it? And also, when did you first see it? So, I first saw it the other day for this episode. I have avoided... Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I avoided this one for a long time because I also do not like torture porn. This one looked really scary. It looked like the kind of thing that would really, really bother me. And so, yeah, I watched it for the first time yesterday. And actually, I I have a lot of, like, kind of complicated thoughts about how I feel about it. And that I don't does not think surprise I f- me at all. Yeah, because there are things about it that I really, really like. Yeah, okay. What? I mean, we can get into it because I think what this movie could be, I really love. But I think the mark got missed. And so what it actually is, I don't like. I mean, I didn't hate it. There are parts of it that I did hate. Wait, did you like this more than Cabin Fever? I did like it more than Cabin Fever. I also liked it more than Cabin Fever. But you're talking about a bar that is so low. It's very easy to clear. But I was really surprised that it was really, really heavy on the porn, light on the torture. Like, I was yeah. expecting it to be so much torture and so much hostile, and it was way more porn and almost zero hostile. Like, they weren't even in the hostile for, like, the majority of the movie. Yeah, I think this is one where the gore is really built up a lot more. Yeah. But I think if this had had less boobs and misogyny, I probably would have liked it a lot more, kind of as much as I like Saw, because I think there's a lot to dig into here, and I think yeah. it is accidentally saying a lot of things that I really like. I, I I don't think he was intending to say the things he's accidentally saying to me. I don't think he got there. You know? I agree. This premise in the hands of a director that isn't a messed up Florida man, I think is a good movie. <laughs> this is so not a good movie. Yeah. And I think what the, what I really walk away from it is I don't really like Eli Roth as a director. No, this is no, a good concept all. that I would like what you were saying, yeah. like in somebody else's hands, but I just do not like his style and his like motivations. Give this to like an Ari Aster and it would be amazing. Amazing. Well, and I mean, it, there's a lot. It has a lot in common with Midsummer and The Wicker Man. Like yeah. the, the elements well, are there. I haven't know? seen Wicker Man, but when you said Midsummer, I have seen that, so I agree. But don't yeah. go back and listen for that episode because it doesn't exist. We haven't recorded it yet. No, we have not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mikey, what did you think about watching it today? Since you watched it in the past and today, does it hold up? Well, the only thing I remembered about it, because I mean that was 14 years ago, was that right. it wasn't scary and I didn't like it. That was like basically what I remembered. But then after we watched Cabin Fever, I was like, oh shit, this is probably going to be really bad yeah (laughs) watching it today it's just like if he was trying to make a parable called if you're a douchebag it'll probably get you killed i think that would have worked yeah but i I, i'm like jen i i I thought there were some interesting ideas there but like they don't really work because you don't give a shit about any of the characters. No. The whole movie is them being douchebags and then 20 minutes of like them being tortured and trying to escape. Yeah, and, and honestly, the wrong person lives. No, I mean, I didn't like the other guy either. I didn't like any of them. Like, no, no, I'm not talking, like, I don't think any of the guys should have lived. Maybe we should just get into the fucking movie and talk yeah, about it because I, I have some thoughts, but Mikey, I think you're ultimately right. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. The people torturing were definitely wrong and like bad, but like if you're well, like, you could have made a whole movie where you had regular <laughs> college kids stay in a hostel and be tricked and tortured. You don't have to have 45 minutes of them being completely unlikable to get there. And see, here's the thing I think about Eli Roth, because I think he thinks these are regular college kids because that's the kind of person he is. I didn't get the sense like in Cabin Fever that he hates all of these characters. And I think partly it's just because he had a little more help and it's a more developed story. And I think a little more work went into it. But I, I definitely don't think he likes women in this movie. What gives you that vibe? That's so strange. Was it that every one of them had their top off? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things, but yeah, that's one of them. I don't think he likes the male characters. I I mean, I don't think he does. I don't think he does... 
particularly, although I didn't feel it as much as when I was watching Cabin Fever. Maybe. I don't know. I felt like the the guy with the helmet hair was just another version of. That's all of them. You just described every member. Oh, of- my God. I don't know any of their names. It's like bro dude, Todd, Chad. <laughs> Wait, what? Why is it Todd? Why? 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 <laughs> Todd's kind of a douchey name. I mean, we can all get there. Ah, that's fair. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's just get to this fucking movie let's all talk right, about yeah, it yeah, yeah all right so we start with um quentin tarantino presents holy shit that was my first note my first yeah. note was quentin tarantino had something to do with this and then a mm-hmm. big fucking eye roll because i was like oh boy kind of same and i, I mean yeah. i know a lot of people really love quentin tarantino i am not one of those people although i do like inglorious bastards yeah i'm not i'm not a huge fan of quentin tarantino either jen what i can't believe it todd i can't believe we've never talked about this subject at all over the course of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i like some of his movies but having seen this movie i can totally get why quentin tarantino would love this movie Yes. And I've got some fun facts about that. So maybe I'll just say them right now. Quentin Tarantino loved Cabin Fever and said it was one of his. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, everybody was barefoot. Yeah, uh, that's true. (laughs) He wants to get them Quentin Tarantino toes. He said it was one of his top 10 movies of the year when it came out. And so he approached Eli Roth and he said, I want to produce your next movie. And so they kind of worked through this together. And he actually has a cameo in this movie. You know, when they get locked out of the hostel and everybody's yelling from the windows. He's one of the yelling people. Oh, that's great. The other thing I noticed that compares to Cabin Fever that we just did was that the credits are way too long. <laughs> I actually kind of liked these credits. It's uh, the whist- some guy whistling, and we're seeing drill bits, and then there's, like, soapy water on a shower stall, and then, like, bloody utensils. And the- so, like, slowly we're, like, seeing blood getting cleaned out of a room, and we cut to, like, a really gross, ominous chair in a room. I actually liked that. Yeah, I call that three minutes of nothing. That is the uh, name of my dating profile. <laughs> Uh, another thing I didn't like about this movie is that no one makes any realistic choices whatsoever from the jump. No one reacts realistically to things at all, ever. I don't know. I feel like if I was a woman and three strangers walked in the hostel room that we're sharing, I would definitely be naked and heading to the spa and invite them down with me. You know, that was their trap or whatever. There are a couple of decisions that I do think are a little weird. But I mean, also, like, are you are you guys both telling me that if you walked into a room with two naked women who said, hey, I'm going to the spa, want to come, that you wouldn't go? I've said this many times on this podcast. I'm not going to be murdered in a horror movie because I know when a beautiful woman is hitting on me, something is wrong and my life is in danger. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's because of this movie. No, there is an innate ability in educated men to know she's not into you. <laughs> I'm not rich. Yeah, right? I mean, same. If we're talking about looks alone, not at all personality, I'm not the guy she's going for. Right. We're just realists, right? Mikey and I understand that we have the looks for, they must have great personality type conversations, right? Right. So we know know if someone walks in a room and then like locks eyes with us and says, oh, I want to be with them. That's a trap. If Todd and I were traveling and that happened and they like walked out and they're like, we're going to spa if you want to come. They would have walked out and been like, you know, they were totally just being polite. They don't really want us to go to the spot. <laughs> <laughs> ex- ex- Mikey, no joke. Exactly. And then we would go to a museum. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but who knows? We're not three idiotic potheads in Amsterdam. <laughs> Well, and that's what we've got. 
We've got right. three guys on vacation in Amsterdam. They're smoking pot. Did you guys see Eli Roth in that cafe where they were smoking pot? I didn't, pot? but I try to block out Eli Roth wherever <laughs> I can. So they're smoking pot and talking. Like, I wrote some of the quotes down, and one of them was, you can't rail a girl who's in a coma. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I Ooh. honestly didn't hear that, but I'm so glad I didn't hear that. Yep. Um, and so oh. they're in Amsterdam, and they're just smoking pot everywhere, and they're talking about how, like, there's guys everywhere, and there's Americans everywhere, and that's not the authentic European experience they want which is just to get laid all over the place yeah they're legit sex tourists that's all they are right Mm -hmm. and i did like when they're in that pot bar or whatever you call those places in amsterdam cafe they are looking around and like everyone there is like an american i I did like when he's like are there any fucking dutch people in amsterdam like that Mm -hmm. actually was a sort of funny line i was like oh okay maybe this is a little bit better written because that happens in like the first five minutes of the movie and then i just was like continuously disappointed by the rest of it but yeah well and so there's three of them and there's Paxton and then there's Josh and Josh has a fanny pack and he's kind of a little bit on the nerdier side I think is how we're supposed to no, read no, no. him. Well I mean I, I would just say that he had just broke up with his girlfriend and he's like yeah. sad and Paxton who I just called not Josh because I didn't mm-hmm. think he was that important and then come to find out he's the one who survived. He's the star of the movie. Yeah that blew my mind anyway so I didn't invest in Paxton because I thought he'd be the first to die anyway. <laughs> he does seem like he would be yeah. Yeah because he's a whole horrible person well and because those are the kind of people that are normally the first to die are the people yeah. who are just obsessed with sex and trying to talk yeah. you into all these terrible things and that's one of the things i feel like could have been an interesting inversion but i just don't think like i think he wants him to be the hero because he wants that person to be the hero not because he wants that person to have any kind of transformation over the course of the movie because i don't think he really does oh there's zero growth really in this movie right and so they go to a club and they meet some girls oh is this where they have the conversation about the fanny pack i think so because josh is talking or whatever and he's like talking to not josh paxton i think his name is right paxton's calling him like gay and like these horrible things that you just don't say now Mm -hmm. because it's not 2006 they say that throughout the movie like yes it's a very dated movie because of things like this and they even use it in this movie not to say that someone is like a homosexual man but like oh that's stupid don't do that that's right So they use it in the way that people in 2006 thought it was okay to use it. It was never okay to use it. But like if you talked to someone in 2006 who was like in Amsterdam on a sex tourism thing, they would be like, no, I'm not making fun of gay people. I'm just saying it's bad. Gay means bad. Well, yeah, that's why it's a problem. Right. The first time we meet the Icelandic dude, they're talking in the club and they're like, where is Ollie? And then it cuts to Ollie and he's having sex with someone in a bathroom stall and of course we see your topless and he takes a photo of her and him and sends uh-huh. it to them and they're like oh he's such a legend <laughs> like, i know i, like, I mean like no he's not he's no he's really gross yeah he's a horrible person <laughs> yeah and then they get into a club fight and they get kicked out which good for them because fuck them at this point you mean good for the <laughs> bouncers yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I get the sense, like, I did kind of like Josh more in this movie, because I guess compared to Ollie and Paxton, like, he is better. I also thought that that's why he was going to be the one that survived. And 
it turns out that this movie shows you that if you're not the ringleader of awful, you're definitely going to die. So be as bad as possible, guys. Yeah, there's like this final girls Laurie and Halloween vibe to him, which is maybe why I liked him. Like if you're looking at slasher rules, and I don't think this is a slasher, but if you're looking at slasher rules, the one who's choosing not to have sex is usually like your final girl. And that kind of distinguishes her. And then at a certain point, she kind of overcomes and is the one at the end. That's why she's the final girl. But that's just not how this is. Yeah. No, he dies halfway through the movie. Right, exactly. All right, so now <laughs> I just kept writing some of this stuff down. I don't even know if I want to say it, but it's just it's the grossest dialogue that, um, talking about getting laid and getting, oh, another I, word I'm not going to say they talk about. Here's what I feel like. I feel like this this movie is written by a guy who's never had guy friends and like only knows how guys interact based on movies from the 80s. Yeah, there's a lot of that. That like how um Friday the 13th part 4 kind of dead fuck language, you know? It's like a sex comedy in a horror movie. It, it honestly feels like like a revenge of the nerds kind of thing. Yeah. I will say this though, Ollie who's in the bathroom with the girl whose name we don't get but boobs we get to see, he is having sex with her, takes the photo, sends it to the guys who were in the club. And then later in that same scene, they're like, oh, he's a legend. They have a fanny pack conversation that lasts 15 seconds. So Ollie walks up 15 seconds after he takes that photo. So he, (laughs) there's no way the woman enjoyed that. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. But of course, she looks like she's enjoying it. Yo, there's nothing wrong with bathroom sex if it's consensual and enjoyed. That's not what we're saying, Mikey. Right. It's not the fact that it's in the bathroom that makes it gross. Okay, so now they're going to a brothel. Hooray. So Josh is wandering around. Ollie was like, I just had sex. Do you guys want to go have like more sex at a brothel? Yeah, well, it's Ollie who's like walking (laughs) by and sees this sex worker in the window and he's like staring at her or whatever. It's Ollie's idea to go into the brothel and get Josh laid because Josh doesn't even seem interested, really. Right. No, he doesn't, which is totally fine. Um, But he's wandering around and he's kind of looking into rooms where people are having sex. Well, it's like you can't really see in them. It's like they're the light is shined on the door that's sort of translucent. You can see their shadows on it, right? Right. And so in the like later on when he's walking through the factory or when um, Paxton is walking through the factory, he's looking into doors where people are being tortured and so i think there's a parallel between like the objectification and like selling your body for sex and them having like being sold to be objectified and murdered like i think there's a direct comparison there i just don't think eli roth is trying to say that and i think he didn't do it well enough for it to actually work i don't think that he attempted that at all i don't think so either and that's what i really wanted the movie to say that could have been a really good parallel like i didn't think about that but like in the whole the whole scene is set up just for jokes that's what i'm saying like i feel like that's there and i see that and i want the movie to be trying to do that because then i feel like the ending would have been better for me but i don't think he realized he was doing that because i think he just objectifies people and like he objectifies women for sex and then just objectifies people by torturing them you know yeah i don't think that he had any thought of that when he did this scene no i think it <laughs> no, was just him I don't think and so Quentin either. tarantino high-fiving over a casting couch for two weeks while they got to cast who was in this scene. And so when I say there are things that I really like or that I almost could really like, that is one of the big ones because I think there's a lot there. They just didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, they were so close to making a message out of this movie. I do like that the brothel looks like a spaceship or something. It's like, <laughs> it like looks ridiculous. Like It basically looked like the USS brothel the, the, from Star Trek. Wait, 
Is the USS Brothel in Star Trek? I got Listen, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but I, I got to go back and watch those episodes. Anyways, <laughs> you do sort of see that Josh is sort of like a good guy because he hears what right. sounds like someone getting beat up in one of these rooms and mm-hmm. he like goes in to help or like sneaks in to help. And right. it really is just like this dominatrix slapping the shit out of whatever gendered person is underneath it. You can't really tell. And right. she's like, you have to pay if you want to watch. Mm-hmm. And then he just leaves, right? And that's yeah. when he runs into the two other friends. I thought Josh at this point was sort of a decent person because he I wasn't too. super interested. Even before they go into the brothel, he even says something that I sort of say about strip clubs. He's like, I don't really like see the interest in having sex with someone who only wants to have sex with you for money. And I, right. that's like how I feel about it 100%. Like, I I would not enjoy that at all. It would be a very weird experience. Yeah. But Josh doesn't have sex with that sex worker. And then right. they co- sort of confront him on the street. And they were like, hey, how was it? And he was like, it was, it was fine. It was fine. I don't want to talk about it, but it was fine. Because right. he doesn't want to tell his douchebag ringleader friend that he didn't have sex with her because he's a horrible individual and then would have given him shit about it. Right. And then they get to their hostel and it's locked because there's like a curfew and they missed it. Yeah. And then Ollie starts singing mm-hmm. on the street some German song or whatever. And then Quentin Tarantino yells at them to go inside. And then they get someone who's like, hey, come up here. You can stay with me or whatever. And then they climb the fire escape into who we will find out is Alex's room, right? Yes. I have a couple of questions. Okay. The hostels really have curfews. Yes. I was doing some research about hostels. Apparently, a lot of them do have, like, strict rules about drugs and stuff, and they'll kick you out if you break them. I've only stayed in one, and it was in the Isle of Sky, and it did have a curfew. But, yeah, so they get locked out, and then they go up. And this this is the part I think I hated most in the movie. You mean when Ollie walks in, and there's two people having sex, and he gets literally inches from their face? Yep. And it's like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was so gross. They're yeah. just having this regular conversation with a person. Now, the conversation is gross, but like they're s- like feet away from somebody with a woman, a topless woman on top of him having sex with him. Like, that's just nothing. And she, it's just so objectifying to her. Like, she's not a person in that scene. She is just boobs on top of somebody. And it drove me insane. I did like that Alex did explain that, don't worry, they're super drugged up and probably don't have an ability to consent to what we're doing watching mm-hmm. them so don't worry about it guys exactly phew glad yeah, i don't have to God. worry about that that's probably the lowest part of this movie for me i was like ugh. and then they're explaining what a clit is which surprised me that they actually know that exists so you know the what i honestly feel like this was word for word a conversation between quentin tarantino and eli roth <laughs> Well, and they cut the part out where Eli Roth is like, no, Quentin, those are feet. That's not (laughs) (laughs) those are toes. Oh God. So we get a little bit of their like backpacking story. So they started in Paris and that's where they met Ollie and he's just some guy they picked up. Yeah, they've just decided to travel around together. But so they're like tired of Amsterdam. They're looking for girls, and Alex, who seems totally normal and not creepy at all, um, says he can help him find girls. He misread that situation. He seems creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah, something's on his lip, and I didn't know if it was like a scar or he had. Yeah, I think it's a mole, Mikey. He's definitely yeah. the most untrustworthy dude of all. He's like, "Hey, man, 
Do you want lots of girls? Yeah, and so he's got a picture of three girls together, and that just proves that he's trustworthy and definitely that you should follow his advice, right? Because he's yeah. totally great. But so he says they're from Slovakia and says um, there's a hostel there that's not in a guy book, and because of the war there are no guys, which is going to turn out to be a lie because there are guys everywhere. But he's saying there are no guys. You can just take the girls. And I wrote that down because I thought it was uh, just so, so disgusting. gross. It's just, and it just shows the way I think Eli Roth thinks about girls and or at least that these characters do so now they're on a train going to this place where they can just take all the girls they want because they're not human beings i did sort of love that smash cut though because alex is like yeah you you can just take them and then literally it's them on a train and i was like "Hmm, i wonder where these assholes are going Pause the movie (laughs) right here because here's where my first this is not a realistic decision comes into play there's no way in hell that a group of friends would be like yeah Okay, that's a cool. It's a hostel. You can sleep with a lot of women. That, that we're looking for that. That'd be great. And then they're like, it's in Slovakia. It's in like Eastern Europe. You want to just yeah. change your whole itinerary and then like travel by train for like twenty hours to this one hostel? I would be like, no, guys, we're going to Germany next. There's just no way a group of friends would change their plans like that just to stay at a hostel. Yeah, like you're putting yourself in this movie, expecting them to do what you would do, and you and I'll say it. You're a pretty decent guy. I don't think you do the sex tourism thing. So, like, I believe that you wouldn't go to Slovakia. But I do feel like in the first 15 minutes of this movie, these dudes would do this. I do, too. If you go to Italy for the best pizza, I want to eat all the Italian pasta and pizza. I want and a somebody pizza. Sa- a pizza. And somebody <laughs> says, oh, dude, there's the best pizza in this town down here. And you don't have any itinerary. All you want to do is eat pizza. You're not going to say, but it's not in a guidebook. I don't want to eat that pizza you're gonna go get the pizza first off i think this is a good example this is the conversation i wanted to have i want to thank you both for having it with me because you would go to italy because of pizza and you and i would ask somebody where's the best pizza but you're also going to italy because it's italy like you're not gonna go i mean like slovakia is not known for women just some creepy dude they met randomly while drunk told him about it It's not like world famous for women, you know, and like, don't get me wrong, Europe. I'll definitely if I go there and I'm single, something might happen with one of y'all. It could happen. Hey, Slovakia, Mikey is single, ladies. Oh, I ain't going to Slovakia. But they also go (laughs) to Amsterdam. Mikey wants pizza, ladies. Yeah, I will do some pizza (laughs) in Italy. What I'm saying is this decision does not seem out of this doesn't seem like a weird decision to me because I think they have totally shown themselves to be douchebags who only want to get laid and so this seems like a normal decision to me you could be a douchebag anywhere i don't think they would change their trip (laughs) itinerary i mean i don't think they. i I don't think a douchebag they'd be like no bro i want to go to berlin and get you know like fuck some german chicks i don't want to go to some shitty country like we're going we're going october fed like i think they had like a broad plan like the whole premise of the movie is so stupid i agree i also think that like jen and correct me if i'm wrong jen i think that these dudes would go to slovakia because they have done know. nothing other than be horrible the whole time okay let's just move past it because they are on the train and um ollie has drawn a picture on his butt delightfully jen he shaved his ass and balls for this trip well he did yeah i know so, I mean, you've got to write on it. You've got to. You're not going to risk that razor burn for nothing, okay? <laughs> 
You think you shaved it with a razor? I mean, how else would you shave it? My gay brother was like, Michael, you need to keep your body here. Like, he has a device that he gave me for Christmas that has attachments. You're talking about it like NASA made it. It's the it's the manscaper. Like, I know what you're talking about. It was NASA to me, bro. It has different <laughs> attachments for... It was like, this attachment is just for the balls. Yeah, every man should manscape. Let me just say that. All right, so they're on the train. They got a hairless butt with a face on it. Woo. I like the train scene because it just turns quickly turns into the miscusey scene from... Uh, Excuse me. Euro trip. Excuse yeah. me. I do like that Ollie has his balls out and then this businessman comes in and he's like, oh shit, let me put my balls away for this guy. Right. But the guy's like, nah, it's fine. Because I guess they're in Europe and I guess everybody has their balls out. That's a hot take. I mean, I've never been to that part of Europe, <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure they would not like my balls out. I heard there were really great balls in like this one weirdo country. So we just abandoned our trip and I was like, I got to go see those weirdo balls. We got to get on this train, Jen. We got to see these I balls. Know. <laughs> this is a totally logical thing. Decision, yeah. But I want to see Venice. No. Nope. <laughs> so now a rando comes into the car who's definitely not evil and creepy at all. He's like the oh, evil yeah. version of like Ron Weasley in as a 50-year-old, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's a pretty good description. It is. But so he and he's like, hey, strangers, here's a picture of my daughter. This is normal. Oh, and then Ollie is like, oh, yeah, I have a daughter, too. I was married for eight years. Bet you thought I was 25, but I'm really 38. Right. I swear to God, the movie has an awkward silence where it acknowledges that, like, why are you such a douchebag to women if you have a daughter, Ali? Like, there's like, there's seriously like 10 seconds of space where everybody's like, huh. Well, and I think it also explains why Ollie is he's, not with the mother anymore. Oh, yeah. Did you guys notice that they, he didn't have to explain that he was divorced? No. Everyone uh -huh. already knew he was divorced. Yeah. No one right. asked, like, what happened, Ollie? Yeah, Ollie so, happened, Mikey. Ollie happened. And that's one of the interesting things that could have been explored in this movie, too, is that these people are fathers of daughters and are still, like, treating women this way, you know? The scariest part about this movie is the way that this guy eats that salad with his hands. It is. Uh. I will say it is the grossest part because he opens it and starts eating it with his hands like a mm -hmm. damn and he's like animal. Slurring. He's like... And yeah. he's also giving this like really stupid explanation for it that is more or less, I think we've lost the connection to our food and right. I have to touch it with my hands because I'm a monster. And then yep. that doesn't come back later. Like if he yep. was a cannibal, I'd have been like, that was awesome and gross ass foreshadowing on the train. It was yep. just a gross old man eating a salad like a pedophile, and I hated it. Why would you eat a salad with your fingers? It's not a finger food. Like, what if he came in with, like, just chicken and ate it? That'd make more sense. Honestly, if he had come in with some baby bag, baby bag, baby bag, baby bag, baby bag, baby bag, baby baby bag, baby baby bag, Exactly. Exactly. But he wasn't. You need a fork. He was eating a salad sans fork. He needs a fork. Now, I will say, it did not appear to have dressing on it. It, it did, did not. not. Jen, hot take. I would have preferred if it had salad dressing. Because then we would have had the... Ew. <laughs> like that whole part of it that would have been even grosser and if he was a cannibal i would have loved it at the end i wouldn't have loved it but i'd have been like oh that's what they were setting up and they they weren't setting anything up at all they were just introducing this character that's why i politely disagree with jen's takes on this movie because anything that happened was an accident i don't think this man had an overall plan but mikey that is story. my take my take okay. is that he didn't know what he was doing yeah so without realizing it just like this movie you agreed with Jen. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> I think you did a great job of explaining Jen's point by missing it. Well, 
You're welcome. I did like the shade that he threw at the vegetarian dude Paxton. He's like, I believe humans are supposed to eat meat. And he's like, I don't. And I'm a human. And I was like, what? Everyone is so hostile. Oh, oh Mikey. <laughs> it is just really weird. And I think like a lot of it is just to kind of set this person up as a weirdo, like not necessarily psychotic because yeah. I don't think he's oh, yeah. super psychotic yet, but just as off, you know? No, he's not psychotic. This actor yeah. did not speak any English and he learned um, his lines phonetically. Oh. So I think that really? kind of adds to it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. So he learned his lines like ABBA learned their lyrics. Yeah. So the creepy businessman makes the mistake of touching Josh's leg and then Josh like doesn't like that. And I'll say you're allowed to respond respond in any way you want if some stranger touches your leg right yeah right i feel like josh is allowed to set up personal boundaries well also todd in josh's defense he was just eating with those hands that's true i don't think josh's reaction is weird here i think it's a normal reaction that i would have yeah i think it may be a little bit more than what i would do but he's allowed to set boundaries however he needs to and the businessman understands that he fucked up so he gets out of the train car immediately like gets up and like leaves yeah so they get to the train stop and they look around and there's just nothing and it's really weird. And so, yeah, Mikey, and you were saying like you wouldn't have gotten off the train. I would have been like. Yeah, I don't know if I would have gotten off the train here, too, because it looks really weird. More so because I think I would have thought I'm at the wrong stop. What the fuck? Because this is like, a this place. doesn't look like any women would be here. And like, let's go back to right. a place where there are people like we are three reasonable people. The people in this movie are three horrible dudes who have been promised sex right and that's all they care about so like i understand why they get off the train i understand why they get in that taxi cab and go to the hostel like i get it i also think they're young american men who think they're invincible and they think nothing bad's gonna happen and they can have whatever they want there is a certain kind of tourist i think who will go like i would go to normal places and i would stay in like the more um touristy kind of places yeah but there are people that want to go and they want to find the out of the way stuff and if it's too touristy they're like above it and they want to go to the the like the crazy place that nobody's ever thought of that's like the premise of the beach isn't it is you want to go find this crazy place that no Nobody's ever heard of, so you can come back you. and brag about it. <laughs> How dare you bring in the beach when That's we're talking about That's for calling that this. guy Dewey in Cabin How Fever. How <laughs> dare you talk about the beach like that? The beach is amazing! <laughs> There's a big difference between going off the beaten path to be like, I want to experience what local culture is like, or I want I want yeah. to find the best beach. Not, I want to go off the beaten path to have a threesome with women who yeah. are in a war-torn country that lost all the males in the war. Yeah, there's a difference in being a beach tourist and a sex tourist. Yeah, we're just going to have to buy into the <laughs> idea that they are there to have sex and do drugs. And they're horrible. And that's all yeah. they want to do. Yeah, they don't care. But you could do that and get the best pizza. Like, oh, why sacrifice the pizza? The pizza? <laughs> like, you could have sex and the pizza in Italy. Mikey clearly has a type, yeah. and she's yeah. a greasy. I mean, sometimes I like thin crust, but sometimes I like a thicker crust. Ooh, T-H-I-C-C. Give me that thick (laughs) crust. All right. Hey, anyway, so they're in this taxi and they're passing what they call a plastics plant. But it's not a plastics plant, guys. We're going to come back to that later. We are. Dun, dun, dun. Can I just say this? I hate that the torture didn't take place at the hostel. They're at the hostel for 10 minutes. The rest of this Mm. movie takes place at a plastics plant. 
that is retrofitted to be a torture like I guess clubhouse. Yeah, but if they hadn't gone to the hostel, do you think they would have gotten to the the dungeon place? Like the hostel is the front. That's what that's where the whole thing is channeled through. I just think they should have made the hostel like a H.H. Holmes style like mm, torture mm-hmm. factory, but they just didn't. They just did something that wasn't as good and that bothered me. Do you guys know what I'm talking about with H.H. Holmes? I do. Like he, yeah, yeah. He yeah, built yeah. that like mm-hmm. murder hotel. The murder like, hotel. It yeah. could have been awesome, but it was just. Oh, the hostel is where you meet the women. Then they drug you when they take you somewhere else. That bothered me. Yeah, it, it didn't really bother me because I, I just enough. didn't really think about it. So they like eventually get dropped off at this hostel. Well, they get to this town and actually wrote the town is really pretty. And then they go to some ruins. And did you notice they were watching Pulp Fiction at this hostel? I did. Yes, I yeah, did. I saw that. And the hostel is really nice. Like, it's a really cool hostel. Yeah. They ask the front desk person if they can get a private room because we're going to yeah. need it. Oh, wearing a blanket. Oh, and she's like, no, this is a hostel. You've definitely stayed in one of these before and you know how it works. So, exactly. no, you can't yeah. get a private room, you stupid American. But we have arranged for some hot naked girls to be in your private room, which is the reason you wanted a private room to begin with. So, right. so they get to their rooms and there are two hot girls there who are in various states of undress and they're going to the spa and they get to the spa and there's just naked girls all over the place so they're right. like oh, okay thanks alex you did a solid yay and this is where todd and i would live because i'd be like todd there's a lot of naked girls in this spa this is really weird let's just let's go back to the room let's where are all weird. the boys no not like that jen no 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 no, no. that's not that's not <laughs> what the thing is jen no but you're wondering where all the guys are right they're dead from the war i would walk <laughs> in and assume that i was i had walked into like the female like spa yes yes <laughs> and i would right. be like oh i'm so sorry i didn't realize that because there's an awkward moment where they're steaming yeah. and they're like all looking at each other and they look pretty concerned and they, the guys look pretty concerned i was like oh they're in the yeah. wrong steam room but I think you learn that lesson the hard way a lot of times, you know? Like it would be the hard way. When you do get murdered or robbed by women. I don't trust any woman who's into me. Michael is single, lady. <laughs> Can you believe it? I liked how Josh is so awkward that he mm. tells the girls that they're like talking to that he's circumcised before he tells them his name. I honestly felt like that's something that Mikey would do. <laughs> if I was circumcised. Oh! <laughs> I am. I'm, I, well, damn it! <laughs> this is my point though this is my point it's it's so awkward the way he says it and it's it's honestly ollie's fault because ollie pulls his dick out yeah he flaps it in his face yeah they're all talking about balls it's i mean i can imagine josh is being really awkward and not knowing what to say and like yeah, yeah. i would have been like look i'm sorry that my friends only talk about their balls naked girl sitting next to me whose name i don't know yet well, we've all been there. <laughs> I haven't because oh I don't God. trust when that happens. So I choose to walk the other way. Um, I go after the pizza. All right. but they- the pizza. Mikey, I do feel like you and I would have been like, if we went here, they would have to get us with food because we would not fall for the female trap. I don't think it would happen. No, I, I would be like, no, we're not going to go to the spa. There's spas in America. We're going to go see some sites. I know. Honestly, you and I would go to the torture like museum yeah. where they like use the guillotine to cut the tickets. <laughs> and we would, we would be the only male tourists to walk in and out of this town unscathed with bags from like the gift shops of the museums. I'd be like, that torture museum was awesome. It cut the head off the ticket. I got it on my Instagram story. It was so cool. <laughs> that was a really cool torture museum. I would have yeah. gotten there too. I got so yeah. many likes on that human body they showed. That body. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, uh, any girl who tries to put a random pill in my mouth, like I've like, I've been around the block a few times. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, that's never going to happen. I've learned a few things on my years on Earth, and I'm like, I don't care what you look like. If you're trying to give me a pill, it's not great. It's probably bad. Mikey, Mikey, if a girl came up to me in a club and tried to give me, like, a small circular pill, I'd be like, no, I don't have a headache. I'm fine. Right. Because I I wouldn't know what it is. I have no idea. Anyway, like, this is how I would survive. One, I immediately don't trust a woman when they're into me. That's my own personal issues. We'll talk about that later. Especially if they're trying to give me pills and free, free drugs or alcohol. Then that's a double whammy of like, don't trust this person. One, they're super into you. Two, they're trying to give you free stuff. <laughs> These are all red flags. Yeah, they are. But if you're a dumb frat boy and that's the reason that you went, you know, and also I think Josh is a little skeptical of it. And I think that's part of what the like awkwardness is. is he's like, mm, I don't know. This seems weird to me. I could see that, Jen. That's just not how it felt to me in the moment. But I could see yeah. that. But Paxton is like, oh, of course they're super into us because I'm white and an American and a whole. Why wouldn't dude. they be into me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and so the girl from the front desk is there too. But so they are there, and um, Josh does not like this, that one of them is smoking, which I think he's with the brown-haired girl, right? The brunette. Oh, this is when they're at the club. Yeah, they left yeah. the spa and they went to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. that's where they get the drugs. Yeah, they're dancing and giving them drugs. Oh, yeah, they did. yeah, and Josh is talking about his ex too. So I get there's this. I don't know. I did kind of like Josh in this movie. I do like that Josh is talking about his ex-girlfriend and then the girl who he's with just says it's okay and then turns to talk to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. That's me right there, man. I know. I know. She was like, that's okay. Hey, anybody else, do you want to talk? Because this is horrible. Mm. See, I'd be werewolfing her already. I'd be like, look, here's the reasons why I'm not I'm not a good choice. (laughs) And then she starts smoking and he's immediately a dick about it and walks outside to go get some fresh Uh, air. There's nothing wrong with that. He's got asthma. Well, we find out he does have asthma (laughs) because of his inhaler. She is also smoking right on top of him, too. Smoking is a could be a deal breaker unless you're like super drunk. I mean, we've all been there, which I mean, that is when smoking is the best. But (laughs) Um, so he goes to get some fresh air and he sees some kids and there's like this kid gang that's about to stick him up. And they're (laughs) they're kind of scary. And then we weirdo from the train is there to save him thank goodness the kid gang is scary they're one of the scariest parts and they they're after the bubble gum right like they right. want they say, they bubble, say bubble gum. gum and they hold their hand out they just want some gum baby it's so weird the train guy throws a bunch of chains in the hall or whatever yeah he doesn't after. treat them like humans which bothers me he doesn't right. hand them money I, he throws it and like they he's like runaway peasants well yeah he's a psychopath this is another situation where i think some bad decisions were made <laughs> because, yes, while that guy did a good deed by giving those kids money to get him off of him, he definitely did creep me out in the trains earlier, and that doesn't go away. A good act does not negate a bad act. Sure. So I would have been like, thank you for that. I'm going to go back inside now because you really creeped me out earlier. That's true. Right. right. Instead, he's like, I guess I'll buy you a drink because maybe you're a great guy because you threw change at those kids. He didn't hand them change. He like threw change over their heads. Like that's the meanest way to give. Like if there's like a person who's experiencing homelessness on the side of the street and you just throw change over their head. That's a real dick move. Like this is not a kind move. But Eli Roth wants you to feel like, oh, maybe this is a good guy because he threw change at these probably, you know, needy kids the worst way possible. But you're right, Mikey. Josh does offer to take him and buy him a drink, which he does. And I do think Josh does a nice thing by apologizing for sort of freaking out a little bit. Yeah. But then he goes further and then he touches that guy's leg. Yes. 
And if you look, the businessman guy did not like it. No. Because he wants to be the predator. But he's talking about, like, they're using so many gay slurs here, too. And, like, Corey, we were watching this, and Corey was like, is Josh supposed to be gay in this movie? Like, is he a That's what I was like, is Josh gay in this? Or, like, not? Or the European guy's like, I would have reacted the same when I was a young man. I decided to have a wife and child if that was the life for me, but it's okay to have other lives. And I was like, what is going on? And like, I don't want to say, is he gay? Because that's not quite the vibe I'm getting. There was a like struggling with his sexuality kind of feeling I was getting. And that's kind of what I was thinking when he was talking about choosing a family, like choosing this lifestyle, like a heterosexual lifestyle instead of a gay lifestyle, because you wouldn't be able to have a family that way. Although that's not true anymore, but Eli Roth in 2000. Or probably thought it was so but so he's saying you should do what's right for you and now so what's right for them is to hook up with the girls and they start going to pound town now mikey i think that you and i are very good friends if you and i were on a vacation together and there was only we're good friends todd but we're not group sex friends thank you for saying that mikey because that is what they do they like legit have sex with their quote-unquote dates sure they're dates that's mm-hmm. fine but they have sex with them in the same room, and that to me is uncomfortable. Let's say somehow it does happen, and we're having sex in the same room. I mean, sometimes shit happens, Mikey. In this movie, there's a lot of eye contact between those two guys while they're having sex. Is there? Yeah, because they don't care about the women they're having sex with. They're like, yeah, we did it. Mission accomplished. Well, that was the next morning. I don't feel like they're like giving each other ocular pat-downs while they're boning other women, are they? When the girls climb on top, the Jackson's looking at him like, good for you getting over your ex, and there's like a lot lot of weird subtext eye contact and i was like i don't look anybody in the eye unless i'm in love with them oh mikey that's like a real pretty (laughs) woman move right there (laughs) i have a quick question how many women conservatively have we seen in this movie that we also haven't seen their boobs the only women in this movie you don't see their boobs is the hotel clerk and the two asian tourists Okay. Yeah, and I don't think we the only one we've seen so far is the hotel clerk. All right. Well, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my mind or developed X-ray vision or something. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's gross. There are boobs all over the first half of this movie. Like the movie is like two halves, you know, and there's the boobs part and there's the torture part. Yeah, it's honestly torture porn, but the porn comes first. Right, it's porn, and then it becomes torture porn. I mean, if I've got to choose between boobs or torture, I probably would choose boobs. I would, too. I get that. Yeah. Jen, I bet that's one you would choose as well. I mean. Yeah, I think in a pinch, you know. No, you don't want the pinch. That's why you're going with the boobs. Yeah, because the pinch is torture. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, yay, they got laid. Hooray. Everything's great now. And then they woke up together. The next, the two guys were like, the girls are showering together. But Ollie's not back yet. And then they find that Ollie is gone. Yeah, they go down to the front desk and the guy working the front desk is like, no, he checked out. He checked out this morning. But <laughs> this is where we meet Kana. And we did sort of meet her in the club the night before because she was there dancing with her friend. Yeah. And then she runs up to them and saying, hey, where is your friend? Because she's with my friend and I can't right. find her. And she knows that because there's a picture on her phone of the two of them together. Which obviously they both look dead. Exactly. Yeah. They look totally normal, right? Yeah. It's like it's like two skulls knocking into each other with like X's on their eye. 
<laughs> and so now Pax is talking. They're like walking by the river, and he's telling the story about how he saw a girl drown one day, and um, he tried yeah. to tell the lifeguard, but stupid bitch, she was talking to her boyfriend. And he doesn't say it that way, but he is blaming this drowning on a woman, a way that Eli Roth is going out of his way to vilify a woman in this movie again. Uh, but her hearing about how he like heard a mother screaming, and he wished he could have done more which is, I think, trying to set up a motivation for this character, but it's just so clunky and out of the blue. Oh, I didn't like, even put that fuck? together. That's when he hears the screaming. That's why he goes back in. It's so ham-fisted. Oh. I honestly didn't either, Jen. I think it, it just fails to make that connection for me. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, he, I think this is where he is trying to make a point. He just doesn't execute it well. Right. Partly because this is the only time we have heard this character talk about anything other than getting laid. Right. Or getting high, yeah. So this is, like, the only, like, characterization we get. And we see the kid gang again, and we think we see Ollie, and they're chasing after him, and I guess this is, like, the only orange jacket in the world. I hated this so much, because, I mean, at first they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were our friend. Right. And then Paxton goes, where'd you get that jacket? Like, right. there's only one jacket that looks like that? It's like, my jacket. The guy just says, it's my jacket, and walks away. Yeah, he's like, it's my fucking jacket, asshat. Go back to America. I got an REI. Yeah, exactly. It's L.L. Bean, bitch. Right. <laughs> oh, then Paxton starts justifying <laughs> it to Josh, like, oh, he, you know, he's just a European. They, like, go come and go as they please. Like, it's fine. This is all okay. Josh is obviously still upset. Yeah. Well, and they've gone to the Museum of Torture. Which is the coolest thing. Uh, which is really cool. And we see a little chair shadowing there. Yeah. And if you look real close, you can see Mikey and me coming out of the gift shop with like our bags full. You got little guillotine earrings. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. They're clip-ons, though. They're clip-ons. <laughs> they but yeah. I'm like, I think those women were trying to steal our passports. I think we made a good decision not, <laughs> not going with them. Right. Oh, that yeah. female spa was weird. I'm glad we left. And then you just get on a train and go back with like your chocolate frogs and stuff. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. This is when they get a text from Ollie that says, I went home. Yeah. Totally normal. Everything's okay. And it's a yeah. picture of him dead. Like you can tell he's dead in that photo. Right. You know, like, oh, I guess he went home. No. And right. Josh is like, no, this is really not good. To be fair, they did pick him up in Paris. And I guess he abandoned his plans to join them. So if there were one of the three that we're going to lift out of the group, he is the obvious one. But we pan out to see his decapitated head and like the Olin Mills scene behind it for them to take the picture. Um, and yeah. then we see um, Friend in another room and she's like in a chair and there's a guy with like an orange apron or an orange smock and a gross leather apron. And he's walking up mm -hmm. with these giant head clippers. Mm. Hedge. Mm, I hated this. I hated Ugh. it so much. Okay. And this part I do think is effective. And I, yeah, I kind of like the too. transition here. And this is when uh. I was like, Oh shit, this movie is going to really fuck me yeah. up because he goes and he's going to cut her. Which piggy is it? Is it the piggy that goes to market? I think it definitely wasn't the wee, 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 wee all the way home. One. Yeah, it was no. the market. It went to yeah. market. So market pig is about to get permanently sent to the market. Oh, and then we cut right to other friend, like clipping her toenails, which I guess she's doing in public. And you know, I'll allow it because I can, <laughs> I did like that justification or juxtaposition there. <laughs> How dare you shame her for grooming her body? She's clipping her nails in public. That is sort of gross, but listen, you can do whatever. I, I don't care. We're in a hostel. It's fine. She doesn't have long, so, you know. And her nails, like, they're green, I think. 
I liked him. But, but this is where we start going from the part of the movie that I hated to the part of the movie that I really hated. Yeah. Because the, the torture stuff was pretty effective. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And Jen, body horror usually scares you more than it scares me. I'm more mm. of like jump scare horror, and there were zero jump scares in this movie. But I, I do feel like the body horror was very effective, and I hated it. Right. So we get back to the hostel, and Josh is upset about Ollie, and he's kind of a dick to the girls when they get back. And Pax is like... Kind of justifying it, like we don't really know him. We didn't know he had a daughter until yesterday, so who knows? Maybe <laughs> I like, know, right? But he says it's so <laughs> gross. He says we can either fuck these girls for another night, then go to Barcelona, or we cannot fuck them and then go to Barcelona. So the choice is yours, and it's just gross. Paxton asks the age-old question: to fuck or not to fuck? Right. That is the question, Mikey. And he gets fucked because of it. Yeah. Is the juice worth the squeeze? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's clearly not. Right. So they go to the bar and um, they're seeing like visions of Ollie or something. And I then... did like that. It was just so silly. Like, And so this could be like, I don't think he's intentionally saying maybe Josh is gay and maybe Josh lo- likes Ollie. And maybe that's why he's more concerned. But I mean, that's what Corey and I were talking about when we were watching it. It was like, oh, maybe he's not into these girls. He's just having sex with these girls to make his friend think he's cool. But he really likes Ollie. And that's why he's more concerned than Paxton is. So I did, I did not get that at all. I did not get that he was uh, a homosexual at all. I just got that he was not a heartless person who was only interested in sex like the hero of this movie is, right? Right. And because he's not interested in sex, he's the one that dies next. Yes, so he gets drugged. Well, in fairness, they both get drugged. They do both get drugged. It starts to impact Josh first, and Josh is like, I'm going to go home, and he makes a, a sort of polite apology to the girl he's with and gets up and goes home and Paxton is dancing on the floor and because it's so loud in there and he can't yell at him and call him a derogatory name, he makes the, like, with his hands, he calls uh, him a pussy. Did you see that, Jen? Yep, I did see that. Okay. How much did you hate it? Anyway, I was just like, man, even when they can't speak, they're being horrible people. I know. Ugh, it just, it's, they're so gross. Or at least Paxton is. Like, I don't get as much of a gross vibe as Josh. No, me either, which is why I thought Josh was going to be the hero of the movie. And then it turns out that Eli Roth thinks the person that's worth saving in this movie is the worst possible person ever. But they're best friends. And, like, you're... You are judged by the company you keep. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's fair, Mikey. And honestly, we should talk about our friendship. I might need to take some space. I'm just going to, you know, sort of rethink some things. How much more space do you need during a pandemic? (laughs) Mikey, I miss you a lot. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I really do miss hanging out with you. I hate you. I'm really lonely. (laughs) You guys should go on a backpacking trip together. Let's go to Italy, get pizza. (laughs) Honestly, Mikey, a food tour of Europe is something I would do with you. I would do that. I'd probably still hook up and I wouldn't even have to like be a douchebag about it. All right. So we're back at the hostel and Josh has been drugged. And the the front desk lady, who's totally nice and great, helps them get into bed. And then we see footsteps and a man is walking up to the door and he's like, "Mm, yes, excellent. I don't know. He doesn't say anything. uh, I was like, I don't remember him saying that, but apparently Skeletor picked up Josh. It's subtext. And it was Monty Burns for the record. Um, (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. We uh, quickly realized that this whole village in Sylvania's economy is based on the torture museum and kidnapping tourists. Like everyone is involved. They're hiding in plain sight. They have two successful businesses. 
a torture factory and the museum that is like run by what they use to torture people with. Right. Yeah. The people who used to work at the torture factory retire and then go work at the torture museum. It's like when you go to Alcatraz and the old guards do the tour. It's like Todd and I at the torture museum tour and the guy's like, these chairs cut right through the back and people don't stay alive long enough for them to get real enjoyment out of the torture. It's really trouble and hard to clean up. I don't recommend it. And we try to like, this guy knows a lot about these instruments. Like, it's right. like he's used them. Yeah, we should leave immediately. And then Mikey would be like, we got to hit the gift shop. Right. Yeah. Yes, the gift shop. Excellent. Yeah, the gift shop is where they get you guys. They really gouge you with the prices, Jen. <laughs> Gouging with the eye for the lady. Exactly. You got the joke, Mikey. And I like yeah. that you let me know you got the joke by restating it to me. I appreciate it because I didn't understand why it was funny until Mikey explained it. So thank you, Mikey. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. I just wanted to get everyone there at the same place I was. It's so considerate, Mikey. Thank you. Yeah. That's why Mikey's a great lover. <laughs> So now Paxton is watching the girls talk to each other and they're clearly over him and just kind of like talking to each other. And he doesn't understand what they're saying. And he's also starting to feel the effects of his drugs. And then we see a mysterious stranger who's looking at them over the corner of his jacket or whatever. And so we know something sinister might be. Afoot. I sort of thought he was like their not handler, but like the guy who is like coordinating which people to take with them. I think so. I don't understand why the girls actually had sex with them if they were just going to kidnap and murder them. And they're playing the long game. <laughs> Listen, they're allowed to have sex too, Mikey. They are, maybe, yeah. Maybe they were into it. They slipped them drugs the first night. Like, this could have all been over night one. I don't understand we had to go two nights. Well, I think it's because they wanted to have sex with Josh and Paxton, but they were grossed out by Ollie because he kept showing his dick to people. So they were like, oh, he's dying night one. No one's sleeping with that guy. Well, and it could have been too that... Because because later on, they're talking about arranging a certain person for someone. So it could have been that they had that like they had to have sex with them to keep them there long enough for like the timing to work out or something. Yeah, that's a big gamble. If I'm doing it for the money, I'm going to drug them the first night and guarantee that paycheck, baby. Jen, I sort of get your point about it happening one by one. But I do think the original plan was to take them both that night because yeah. Paxton, as he gets up and I hated this scene because yeah. it was Eli Roth like pretending that he's actually smart through Paxton because they're like um, saying something in German and mm -hmm. he res Paxton responds in German and the girl goes, Oh, sprechen Sie Deutsch. And he goes, yeah, I do speak German. He like, speaks like nine languages. I know. I know. I just hated it. Like I yeah. hate that he understood every language and was still a douchebag. Like, but I just hated that Eli Roth, I feel like, was writing himself in the Paxton character. Yeah. So he wanted Paxton to be smart. I yeah. hated that. There's no framework laid for, or groundwork laid no. for that at all. You no, know? he's just like, a huge douche the whole time, and I don't believe he's smart. And I didn't notice this part, too. So when he started speaking German later, I was like, what the fuck? He speaks German now? Because I hadn't noticed this part earlier. Yeah. So Paxton walks up to the bar, and he starts to feel sick and, like, queasy. And he walks into a room and gets locked in that room, which I think was like a storage room for that discotheque. Yeah, it was like he just like accidentally walks into a random room and gets locked in there. Yeah, right. he gets locked in yeah. there all night. And for 25,000 euros, you would think that they would look for him more. You yeah, know they I mean? would have opened a door in the discotheque looking for him. Yeah. Right. Do you know how far $25,000 US goes in Slovakia in 2006, guys? Yeah, they would have found him. 
How much bubble gum? All the gum, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so now we see somebody wakes up, and this freaked me out a lot. So it's like yeah. he's looking through a hole, but we don't know what's going on. We just keep looking and panning over and seeing, like, these torture materials. I thought this scene was super effective. I hated it so much, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody walks up, and, and it's another one of those guys with the orange on him and, like, a mask, like a surgical mask over him. So they take this hood off, and we see he's chained to this chair, which is the chair that we've seen at the beginning. And we also, it's revealed that it's Josh, right? So we now know it's Josh in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this this part did really upset me. And I don't think Josh deserves what happens to him. Yeah. Like, I don't think so either. It is a horrible thing. Yeah. I, I'm looking at it like a movie. And I'm like, in a movie, I'm just like, this movie just fails to set up me caring. Well, and so I guess what I'm saying is something about Josh's character did work for me. And I did have mm-hmm. empathy for him. And I think partly because I was connect, he was kind of like the final girl type character that I'm used to seeing as the survivor. And it just... This part did really upset me. Yeah, he's the one that should live. He is, yeah. Well, and so this guy picks up the drill, and he, like, drills into his knee. Oh, God, it was so gross. It really is, but we don't really see it. And the thing that I was really scared about watching this movie was that we were going to see a bunch of torture stuff. And we do see some. But we don't see nearly as much as I thought. Like, most of what happens in this scene, we don't actually see, you know? That's true. Because the shot of the drill in the leg, we do get that. But it's so close up, it almost doesn't even look like a leg, you know? Right. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's not as bad as I thought it would be, but it still sort of gave me the heebita jeebitas. And uh-huh. then we, he's, like, squirming and, and squealing and, like, yelling and stuff, saying, let me go, let me go, let me go. And right. then you hear these slices, but we don't see where the slices are coming from. Yeah. And then he, like the guy, goes and opens the door and says, you can, you're free to go. Right. Yeah. And, and then so, he stands up and then we ugh. see what he cut. And that, that, that was the part that really got me. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe he had sliced something else. Like, I, I had no idea. Right. Because we don't see. I knew. Anytime someone slices you and tells you to run, they've cut your Achilles t- uh, tendon. I don't trust anybody. I don't care how beautiful mm-hmm. she is. If she tells me to run, <laughs> I will let you go. I know something is up. I'm not going to fall for Jen, that. <laughs> I think the first time a girl meets Mikey and tells him to run away because she's bad news, that's going to be the keeper for Mikey. <laughs> oh, you know it. Yeah. I mean- <laughs> if, if, if Mikey ever gets reversed Mikey'd, it's I was just going to say, he, yeah. we wouldn't know what to do because they're using his own logic yeah, against him. Yeah, if Mikey him. gets mikey it's uh. over. He's done. It's, it, right. he is, Mikey is taking ladies. Like, <laughs> that is how it ends for Mikey. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Mikey. Well, and so while all of this is happening, he this is when we find out it's Man from Train. Um, yes. And he's talking about how he wanted to be a surgeon, but the boards wouldn't pass me. And this is where I feel like he could have made the connection to the weird stuff. He was like eating the salad with his fingers, but they don't. He's saying business is boring. So Josh stands up. He's able to stand up just fine. And then as he starts to try and take a step, that's when you see like the Achilles tendons that are ripped. Like, oh, disgusting. I literally like jerked back and was like, oh, when it happened, because it was that was effective, man. Like, yeah, I looked away for that. The drill on the leg was not as effective. That part really, really got me. And then it's just so sad because he's like army crawling to the door as right. best he can. And then that's when the guy comes over, closes the door, and then cuts his throat. Although we don't see that. The thing that disturbed me the most about this is that he had puked on himself and it was yes. just like all oh, over his face. Man. Those scenes were terrifying. Oh, yeah, my there's gosh. a lot of puke in this movie and I did not like it. 
Yeah, one, because it's gross. But two, like, have you ever, like, just been so upset or so, like, in pain that you feel like you're going to throw up? Like, I've had those experiences, and it was just such a human connection to be like, oh, yeah, that's probably what I would do. And that's going to happen later on, and it bothered me even more. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's just so gross. But I don't think it goes overboard. And this is one of the things I actually kind of liked about this movie is I think he presented this really upsetting scene in a good way, like, in an effective way without going over the top. Now, I think later on there are going to be scenes that are more over the top, but this one really worked for me. It was one of the things that I liked about the movie, even though I didn't like watching it. And I was also, like, proud of myself for getting through it. I was like, oh. Same. Yeah. So, like, when I got through the scene, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't going to be this bad. Maybe I can kind of, like, overcome these fears, you know? I had that same thought, and then I was wrong later on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. I do like that Josh begs for his life a lot in this scene. And at one point, he offers the businessman money And then the businessman is like, he says, I don't need money. In fact, I'm paying to be here. I did like that because it sets up like a, oh, maybe this is not just a one guy who's like a serial killer thing. Maybe this is like a business in this town. So there Mm -hmm. are moments of this movie where I like what they've done. It's just not effective overall and this is one of those times that i liked it i I thought that that was really effectively done right but this is when paxton wakes up and he finds out that josh is gone yes well because he walks back to the hostel and then he talks to the guy at the front desk and he says you both checked out this morning right and he's like i think i'd fucking know if i checked out i'm right here i need a room for the night (laughs) right Right. yeah yeah well okay and so i'm not justifying them not caring that ollie is gone but Ollie is not your best friend who right, you made right. this trip with. So I do think there's a difference here. But he does go to the cops. Like, he does, he does escalate yeah. the way they are looking for him. And he goes to what you should do, the cops. Right, exactly. And we also notice, I think, that the Japanese girl, Kana, I think, she's gone too. And so, and then he goes back to the room. And I just wrote, of course, they're changing again because I was just about to roll my eyes. But then you notice it's different girls. Yeah, they're two different women. Yeah. But it is the same scene as when they first arrived, more or less. They're it naked. Is. They they show them the quote unquote goods, if you uh-huh. will, and then they leave and say, "Hey, we're going to the spa. You should come with us." Like that right. is the script that those women use to entrap these men. Right. Uh, that is not me saying that. That is the movie saying that. I felt oh, bad yeah. when that came out of my mouth. No, I think I think it's fine. I think that's what's happening. And you know, yeah. if you look at it, like they are in a way a sex worker as well because they're using their bodies to ultimately get paid. You know. Yeah. But so this is when he kind of realizes it's fake, and he's walking around feeling sad because I guess he's a human being now. The bubblegum kids are there, and he like jumps on one and starts choking him. I think, right? Yeah, he starts choking yeah. the shit out of a child. This yeah. person is the person that you're supposed to be like, yeah, this is my guy in the right. movie. And this was when I started thinking. This is a pretty fucking xenophobic movie, and I'm I'm not super into it. Yeah, yeah. but I had this thought of, like, how many 10-year-olds I could fight at once. <laughs> I did think we were going to find out. So, like, Mikey, real question. What is your too many 10-year-olds to fight off number? In this hypothetical, are they armed? Let's just say no. It is brute strength versus brute strength. They've got numbers. You've got mass. How many do you think you can take? 10 to 12. 
Wow. Okay, that's a good number. I think in your mind, they're going to come at you one-on-one. They're not. They're going to come at you like a pack of wolves, man. You know, I have a boxing background. That is not going to help you. They're going to get your legs. Mike, you're going to smell that bubble gum on you. They know you've got that bubble gum. What's going to come first? There's going to be the brave one. I'm going to beat that one. Then you get attacked from the sides from the two kids you didn't even know were there. One punch for me, I think it sent one of them down. Yeah, but you've got nine to 11 more to contend with. I definitely could do six. Maybe could do nine. <laughs> 10 to 12 would be my outer limit here. Welcome back to Mikey Fights, Ow. where this episode he fights 10 to 12 10-year-olds. This is not a problem I'm ever going to find myself in because I've got a big old bag of bubble gum with me. Well, Jen, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> I want 10 to 12 10-year-olds. Wrap it up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But he does make a point. He says, this is when we find out they're from California, and he says, you're so far from home and i think that's part of the point that he was trying to make it's just not the point i want this movie to be about the cops also say this is not uncommon that your best friend would go missing in a foreign country this happens all the time which i don't believe i mean i think the police are in on it right this is like their town is what they do but like when i when i heard that at first i was like no it's not this is insane this is not normal why why would anybody say that and so he's walking by and he sees some like menacing people but he sees the two girls in the bar they're looking a little more rough like they're not looking as like glossy and i read in some of my research that they are supposed to look uglier throughout the movie to match how their personalities get uglier throughout the movie wow really and i was like Oh, gross. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for that tidbit Yeah, thanks, Eli Roth. I was like, oh, that's how you see women, you know? Which I think is ultimately my problem with Eli Roth as of the two movies that I've seen. So I haven't seen sure, that Sure, yeah. But just like, I don't think he sees women as human beings. Anyways, they're talking about like asking if he's seen Josh and they say Josh is with Ollie and they're kind of laughing at him. And then there's the 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 handler, I think, is kind of what this guy is. Yeah. But he, she's saying, oh, yeah, he's at the art exhibit, <laughs> the art exhibit. Which right. Is so weird. And they're just saying like saying kind of gaslighting. They're like, yeah, I tried. Yeah, I got your message. My phone battery died. Yeah, it's fine. And then Todd and I would be at the table next to them like, oh, there's an art exhibit here too? Not just a torture museum? Where can we go? Mikey, we have to see this. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you don't want to see that. I'm like, yes, we do. We love the local culture here. This is how they get us, Mikey. The women would not get us. They, the they would get us. Would get you. By, yeah, they would get us by like, oh yeah, it's like it's it's really great. They got some Banksies. No, they wouldn't tot. They would drive us to a rundown factory and they'd be like, the art exhibits in there, and we'd be like, No, the fuck it's not. We are not going in there. <laughs> That is true. Our spidey sense would go off. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to show him where this art exhibit is. And they get in the cab with the driver. The- would anybody really go, though? If, like, if that was you and you had been missing, I'd I'd go to the cops, probably. I feel like that was a good move. Right. Yeah. The cops were like, this shit happens all the time. I'd be like, you don't know Mikey. They didn't even take a report. I think that's a red flag. I know. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if, if I got nowhere with the cops, I would probably then check, like, the local pizza joints. And then yeah. the American consulate there, right? And then especially when these people are like, oh, yeah, I saw him at the art exhibit or whatever. And I'm like, you're fucking in on it. He doesn't even like art. 
And it's clear that they know something is up. But I think this is part of that invincibility kind of thing. I think he's like, no, I'm American. I should be able to do whatever I want. And like, you know, something's up and I'll be fine. Like, I don't think he thinks anything's going to happen to me. But that's where they go. Like, yeah, there's like a ticket taker or whatever. And he lets the girl go by and then Paxton goes, how much do I owe you for the show? Because he still thinks it's an art exhibit like an idiot. And then the guy's right. like, I-, I don't know nothing because we're going to murder you. So who gives? <laughs> Of shit. And then right. Paxton's like, oh, th- I guess that's normal. I'm an American white dude, so they're going to let me go in for free. So he walks in and follows her. And then ugh, just bad shit happens because he's a moron. Well, yeah, it's just like red flag after red flag after red flag. Yeah. So we hear somebody whistling again, and then he walks past a doorway, and he sees Train Man on top of Josh's body. And he's cutting into um, Josh's body and like doing like playing surgery right now. And I do think Josh is dead at this point. Oh, he totally um, is. He's he's literally like inside his chest cavity. He has to be right. dead. And so now he's the girl behind Natalia is laughing and he calls her fucking bitch. And she says, I get a lot of money for you. I make you my bitch. And that was one of the moments where I was like, OK, this could be something. But it just isn't. It makes me angry. But then two gra- guys grab him and they pull him down the hall. And this yeah. is when he's passing people in the other torture rooms. And we're seeing and I did kind of think this was effective, too, is it's like walking down the hall of a haunted house and you're seeing like all these super yeah. fucked up situations. But we also sort of see the scale of this torture factory, really. Right. It's not just one guy in one room. It's like 10 rooms with 10 people who are getting killed by the members of this club or whatever, yeah. the Phoenix Club or whatever. No, this is not the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> Oh, I said the Phoenix Club because that's like a final club at a Harvard. I don't, I don't oh, know. It's like a it? skull and bone society. It is called the Hunting Club or whatever. Like they, they have a business card. Elite Hunting. So this Elite Hunting Club. Yeah. Which is like a weird name because there's no hunting. I know. They are doing the opposite of hunting. If I was a psychopath rich person and I went to a place to kill a person, it was called Elite Hunting. I want Heart of Darkness hunting the world's most dangerous game man like in a, in the woods somewhere and I'm hunting him down and killing him. There's a danger there. Yeah, but these people are lazy assholes and they just want to torture exactly. people. Like yeah, they yeah. don't actually want to hunt. And I think the hunting title is like making them feel more important than they are when really all they are is just killing people. It's the dumbest criminal organization I've ever seen because every person who does it has to get the stupid tattoo to do it. Yeah, it is quite the calling card. They like write wet bandits on their arm or something. <laughs> right. It's like it's the wet bandits <laughs> of like human trafficking. And let's say Interpol shuts this place down. They're like, well, if anyone you know has a wolf tattoo on this part of their arm, that motherfucker has right. tortured somebody and killed them. But anyway, so they're pulling him in and they put him in this room and they lock him there and then they turn the lights out. And then he's just in the darkness for a long time. We're crying or he's crying. And I thought this part was really effective, too. I was not a fan. Yeah, because <laughs> then the door opens and two guys come in and they point a gun at him. They ask him to talk. And that's how they find out he's American, which we'll find out is what guarantees how much $25,000 right exactly yeah but then the guy takes off his mask and he's super creepy looking like I thought they cast this guy really well oh yeah he looks like a scientist from like Wolfenstein he looks like a German scientist from (laughs) Wolfenstein that's a joke dozens of you will be laughing a lot but like (laughs) there are dozens of us (laughs) but he's super creepy looking and he takes some big scissors over and he starts like snapping them in his face and this I hated that so much I did too I was like don't play with your food stop it and this was when he starts talking to him in German and the guy understands when he starts to kind of get upset and he walks out and leaves and then the bouncer is back. Oh, yeah. But Jen, do you know what he says there? 
No, what does he say? Oh, I don't know, because they oh, don't no. subtitle it for you. So he has this emotional conversation. Oh, yeah, I almost rewound it and subtitled it. I did turn on subtitles. It says speaking German. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it doesn't even let you know that conversation. That sort of saves his life. Like, that's an important conversation to yeah. just leave the fuck out of your movie. I imagine it was like, don't hurt me, I'm... Sure, yeah, but we don't you know, know that. So we we're don't. just left to guess. So whatever, but like, thanks a fuck lot. I like this because the German torturer is like, he like looks like almost like confused and like, like sorry he's doing it. Then he's like, I'm going to step out. And you're like, oh, he saved himself. Right. And the guy just comes in and puts the ball gag on him. Yeah, just like Pulp Fiction. I just wrote, well, fuck in my notes. Right. And then we hear the sound of a chainsaw, which was super yeah, upsetting man. to oh, me. And he yeah. starts like waving the chainsaw on his face and he's throwing up and it's, oh, it's so upsetting and effective. And Dude, ugh. throwing up with a ball gag in your mouth, that really like grossed me out, man. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. But like he comes over with that chainsaw gets it right in his face and then chainsaws off a few fingers and now Paxton's bleeding all over the place right and then the guy backs away with the chainsaw and now the torturer decides to get a running start to I guess run chainsaw like you do yeah and then he slips hey, he's paying $25,000 he gets to run I mean, if he yeah. wants to yeah. I mean that's <laughs> fine listen that is fine right but he runs and slips on the blood from his hand and then drops the chainsaw just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. yeah. And then mm -hmm. cuts his leg just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. And because he uh, cut off some of Paxton's fingers, Paxton's able to squeeze his hand out of the handcuffs. Ugh. Th this whole thing was really, I hated it. It was really effective. It was, yeah. That does allow Paxton enough time to get to the gun and yes. then shoot the torturer. Yes, but still not enough time to get away. Right. So he's got to yeah, yeah. sit in this chair and pretend and then wait for a big bouncer dude to come back and then turn around real quick and shoot him. So now right. he's free and he le and he puts the torturer costume on and he grabs like a big machete kind of thing. He now has become the torturer. He's got the torturer <laughs> costume on. Well, and he finds a mask and he puts a mask on and then he peeks out of the room mask first. And in my mm -hmm. mind, I was like, I'm Batman. Because <laughs> he looks sort of like Batman as he like looks around the corner i thought that was very funny and so and then he was walking down the hall and he's like kind of hiding and he gets into a room where there's like a ton of bodies and the lights are on and so he pulls a ravenous and he hides underneath the bodies and he, yeah. <laughs> and he's being wheeled down the hall and he sees people hosing down the torture rooms which i thought was really unsettling too yeah, yeah. a lot of this sequence i thought was really effective and well done and this is one of the things i liked about the movie even though it was hard for me to watch and so he gets into the elevator and a hand falls off the cart and so he like Tucks it right under his head, and it's it's a sweet little moment, you know. Yeah, he just gives the hand a little cuddle. He does, yeah. Um, and so then we see like what is like a big butcher guy. It's a chop shop. He gets wheeled into a chop shop where they actually cut the bodies up and then take them to incinerate them, mm. which is obviously like the worst job of the murder torture place is like yeah. that guy's job because like the ticket taker must be like the senior guy. Yeah, he does not get paid enough. Yeah. He just gets to watch porn all day. Oh, Forgot yeah. about that part, Jen. Oh, my God. And so he looks up and he sees Josh, like, dead staring at him off yeah. the side of this corner. And he's got, like, I think his lips are stitched together. And he's just got stitches all over his body because this guy was just playing surgeon with him, which yeah. is upsetting. So, yeah, he's getting chopped up. And he the guy, like, drops his fingers. You can't say that he drops his fingers and then not address the fact that he fumbles to pick up his fingers. <laughs> 
Yeah. You got was, butterfingers, guys. <laughs> I, I was like, what are you doing? Leave them. He's going to see you because the guy's in the room chopping up bodies. So right. he has to kill that guy. He's got mm-hmm. a machete, though. I, I think he waited too long. I would have been like, get the fuck up and murder that guy. Kill You're in the basement. Yeah. Exactly. He sacrificed those fingers for no reason. I know. I know. Does he ever get his fingers back? No. This guy throws, he picks them up and throws them in the furnace right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, and then he decides, okay, I've got to kill this guy because those were yeah. my fingers, you know? But so he sneaks up behind Chop Chop Guy and he hits him in the back of the head. And then he gets the elevator, sees a weirdo, closes the door. He's going, and he gets into this locker room. This part was kind of upsetting to me too because I was like, oh, this is just like a normal thing that they're doing. But there's like bloody towels on the walls and everything, you know? And he sees the police outside. So that's when he knows the police are in on it. And he's putting, like, he's stealing somebody's like clothes out of their jacket. And I thought it was really funny because that coat is so big on him, you know? <laughs> It's like he was putting on his dad's torture coat. It I guess was, he's changing into real clothes right now. Mr. Torture is my father, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he puts the gloves on, so now we no longer, like, Eli Roth doesn't have to h- handle the fact that he's got missing fingers anymore for the rest of the movie. And this is when he sees the business card, and he sees yeah, on, and on the, the back, back. he sees how much people are worth. Exactly. Yeah. And then a man walks in, and he's talking about oh how he God. feels like a weirdo. This is Lewis from Suits. Did you guys watch? suits no, I didn't. I did no. uh, well, I love suits. And Lewis is a good bad guy in suits. Mm. And in this movie, I was like, oh, I could see Lewis from suits being in this club. Anyway, so when I saw that, I was like, holy shit. He is maybe my favorite part of the movie. You know? I agree, I think he's Jim, great. And I think he's the best actor. I think, I think so, he too. Is too. I mean, I think that's why he went on and did a bunch of other stuff after this. Yeah. This is, this is way before suits. Right. But yeah, I think he does a good job in this scene, which is really the only time you see him. Anyway, so this guy is talking about like he's like kind of trying to psych himself up so he's being really weird uh or he's like he thinks that pax is a hunter too or he's part of this and he's like bought yeah he looks like it like he he's dressed like they are when they go into this locker room to change for their torture session that they paid for right right yeah and he's talking about how it's supposed to be a rush this place is a shithole like you think the locker room would be nice like if you're paying twenty five thousand dollars to kill someone i want clean bathrooms you know a nice place to shower yeah and like I, I want it i want it to feel nice like i'm paying for luxury and murder not just murder <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'll give your notes to elite hunters and see what they come back with but uh, i you know i make no promises mikey what's the elite part about it it should just be called hunters because they're shitty okay right <laughs> you're gonna get a shitty yelp review yeah <laughs> exactly where's my cucumber salad <laughs> jen i bet you loved when lewis or i called him lewis the guy from suits said because uh, he's amping himself up and he's talking about how this is the only fun thing that he can do anymore because he's done so much. And he says, I just fucked a girl two days ago and I can't even remember the color of her tits. Uh-huh. Yep. I was like, oh, my God, Eli, do better, man. I know. I he- think this guy's well-written as an asshole. Like, I like these lines coming from him because I'm like, he's a villain. He's an asshole. This character works. I think so, too. Yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be an asshole. And the fact that he is saying the same things that Paxton was saying at the beginning mm-hmm. of this movie could have been a realization for Paxton that he had been an asshole by right. objectifying all of these women and that this is an escalation of that kind of lifestyle and or viewing. I don't think it, I don't think he does see it that way. No, though. exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Right. Like that this yeah. could be an escalation of like viewing an it entire so half close. of the population that way, but there's no transformation for him. Like he just, no. they don't go all the way. They don't get there. And You're right, Jen. Me. It was so close to being like good. Right. But anyways, uh, but he's also asking, do you do it quick or should I take it slow? And so Paxton says, make it quick, which, cause I mean, he's, 
putting himself, he was in the shoes of this person yeah. who he knows is about to get tortured. Yeah. That is sort of a mercy, right? If it's going to happen, why exactly. torture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I right. sort of got why he said that. Yeah. I did too. And I could also understand resigning myself to not being able to save any of these people. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely would not have gone back for that woman. No, he should have left. He should have gotten that car yeah. and got the fuck out of there. Yeah. So as he says, no, fuck that. I'm not going to take it slow. He throws his gun away. And so that's how Paxton gets a gun. Yeah. And so he's sneaking out, and it's kind of a dramatic thing, but he's sneaking out and he hears screaming. And it did bug me a little bit that it was so easy to sneak in and out of this place. Again, paying $25,000, the scream should not be being heard from the outside. These torture rooms should be soundproofed. This is amateur hour, one star. (laughs) Right? Exactly. You have no idea. Mikey is a Yelp super user, so you (laughs) better treat him right. Right. The Better Business Bureau will hear about this, okay? (laughs) Oh, I bet they will. The Better Murder Bureau. (laughs) The Um, BMB, baby. Right. And this is when I think he's thinking about that time when he heard the woman drown and thinking about that super clunky scene that we had before, which didn't work. Because he decides to go back and save who we eventually find out is Kana, right? Right, yeah. And this part really bugged me and then immediately kind of annoyed me so he's going back and yeah and he sees it's the guy from the background the bathroom and he's drilling this into her eye and it's so upsetting and that's what was really upsetting to me and then he shoots the guy and she's screaming and freaking out and her eyes kind of half hanging out of her face and he cuts the eyeball off and this is the part that bugs me why why would you do that i didn't need this no me either i don't know what else you would do yeah and she i mean i think she's freaking (sighs) out and like it does make it easier for her to like i guess move or whatever but it just like i didn't that was too far for me i'm not well versed in what happens when your eye pops out but i thought you could just like shove it back in there for a while i mean you could definitely save it i don't know if you cut the optical nerve if they can reattach it but it was hanging like she could have just like covered her eye and like run around and like got the fuck out of there. But no, right. he decides that, you know what? I know you're being tortured, but let me just finish what he was doing and then we can leave. Right. I don't blame him for that because she kind of like motions. I I also understand being like panicked and not knowing what to do. Right, right, right. W- what I don't really like is the effects here. I, it grossed me out and it didn't look real. So that was the part that kind of bugged me. Yeah, it was really gross. Uh, this really made me like wretch. I hated it. So now they get back into the car and they're driving away and they like blow through one of the like barricades. Yeah, like the bar that comes down to let people in and out. Yeah. Yeah, they drive through the barricade of freedom and so now they have kind <laughs> of their freedom. But now the guards are actually chasing them, you know. Right. So they do have some people in hot pursuit of their car, right? Right, Right. yeah. And so he gets blocked by a gross van, and he calls it a truck for some reason. Like, nope, that's clearly a van. Honks a bunch of times. Yeah, and then a weird guy comes, and he moves it, and he moves it, and the girls are right there, Natalia and Svetlana, and so is fucking Mark. Well, it's Alex, but yeah. Alex, yeah, sorry. And Alex is also there with them, so it's all three of them, and he enacts his revenge immediately and runs them over. Or he hits them with the car they sort of bounce off the car yeah. right i would have hit it in reverse man oh yeah make sure they're dead yeah well yeah. and that's what he does but i also this part really bugged me i was like fuck so you just wanted to like splatter that girl's face all over the road like yeah i didn't need that either well he doesn't back up he moves forward in the, the hot pursuit car runs over her yeah oh i thought it was at pax that got run over. no no he, no, he no, just no. keeps going yeah mm. it's, the, it's the people chasing him that run over her they would not have died if she i mean it, it, i'm sure it hurt when she bounced but off the front of his car right 
right. know the health care of Slovakia. So that's I mean, fair, they were right? Injured. Yeah, they might, internal injuries might might have done her in, but she is definitely done in by the people who are chasing them. Well, and we see that the blonde girl was dead in the initial crash, but then yeah, yeah. we had to have one more effect that I did not like, and I just think these girls are punished in a weird way that didn't sit right with me. Basically, because the point the movie I wanted it to make is not making. That's like me with Ready or Not. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I think it is. It's like mm, I wanted them to be punished for a different reason in a different way. But so they get stuck again, and now the kids are there, the bubblegum gang, and the goons are coming. Oh, and- did you think for one second it was going to do a repeat of what he just did to the girls Oh, yeah, Alex? I thought he was going to run over all the children. <laughs> I honestly uh... thought he was going to run them over. I'm glad he didn't. I'm kind of surprised he didn't, though. Me too. But yeah. also disturbed that these children grab all, like, start, these are armed men with guns. They start throwing rocks, and then they go down there, and then they beat their skulls in with rocks, and it shows the collapsing skulls. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty brutal, but I mean, you got to get that bubble gum. And Mikey, this is why I don't think you could take 10 to 12 10 year olds. I think they would lord of flies you in a heartbeat. I think so too. They use rocks. Anyway, so these goons do get kid beat up. Kid killed. They get kid murdered. Kid killed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and the leader's just eating all that bubble gum. He's like, yep, all in a day's work. I murdered someone for this bubble gum. Exactly. Murder gum tastes sweeter. I thought that was just such a dark, unnecessary turn that the movie made. I think the kid gang is totally unnecessary. I don't think you need it at yeah. all. So they get to another roadblock. It's like a checkpoint. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they're actually looking for them, but the cops are in on it. We know that. Right. He saw that they're in on it, so he knows that they're in on it. So they literally right. just escape on foot. They like run to the train station on foot because I guess they're close enough to do that. Right, they do. And this is what I wrote. This thing goes all the way to the top because there's <laughs> even people at the train station who are in on it. And- Mm, this is the part that really bugged me. I know what you're going to say. Because yep. this is when Kana goes and sees her reflection in the mirror. Yes. And then instead of getting on the train and getting some much needed health care in a country that actually has like a universal health care system that like, you know, would actually be able to help and fix her. And she could have a very full life, right. albeit with a glass eye. She would have a very full life. She decides to go all Kana Karenina and jump uh-huh. in front of a train. <laughs> yep. I thought of seven, but I like Kana Karenina. That's a nice little literary reference that I was not expecting oh, from you, you, frankly. Nice. Well, you know, listen, I've seen movies and they've made that a movie. <laughs> I so, say, I mean, like, like <laughs> I get it. Like, I, It's fair. I have not read the book, Jen. That is fair. But I saw the I movie. do have that book. Wait, Karen Knightley kills herself at the end of that movie? Spoiler. Spoiler alert, Mikey. For a hundred-year-old yeah, Russian novel. I've not novel. seen it. You guys have ruined it for me. It's a hundred-year-old Russian novel. You can eat a dick. Okay. I do not read the Russian novels. It I was just... next in his Netflix queue, Todd. <laughs> it was. How dare you? <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Jane. Like, she looks at her face like, oh, I don't want to be ugly. I guess I'll kill myself now. Which I think is so degrading to suicide, people, women, humanity, planet Earth. uh, Just everything in general. Yeah. 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 I was like, yeah, Eli Roth does not like women. At all. But now because of that distraction, thankfully, Paxton is able to sneak onto the train and we've got happy music playing, but not so fast because we hear a gross guy like slurping salad dressing off of his hands. And he's saying, ooh, (laughs) I just like to eat with my hands. (laughs) Yeah. And so he follows him off the train into a bathroom. And I guess this guy is taking a shit and he draws and, and he's got a scalpel our guy's got a scalpel. he does have a scalpel yeah yeah um and he drops the business card underneath the stall and dutch businessman guy reaches down to grab it and not so fast jay grabs and cuts
cuts his fingers off. So it's like turnabout foreplay, I guess. Fair play is what I'm going for. No, no, no. I think you're right, Jen. I think what you said is right. <laughs> turnabout is foreplay because you may not realize it when they first go into these stalls that are next to each other, but mm. there is clearly a gory hole. Ah, nice. <laughs> Did you notice he cut off the same fingers he lost as yes. like a finger reclaiming moment? Yeah. yeah. I wanted him to pick him up and take him with him. And then in the sequel, he just has two like (laughs) different fingers. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and what if he goes to medical school and he becomes a surgeon because of those two fingers? It's like half of idle hands. Yeah. Which I've I've never seen idle hands, but I I know the premise. It's one fifth of idle hands, yeah. (laughs) But he does kill this guy like by drowning him in the toilet. Yeah, well, he doesn't actually drown him in the toilet. And I was thinking, what did he just put in that toilet? Like, that's a real power move. Because he has just unloaded the contents of his bowels into that toilet, and now his face is in there. It's so gross. Yeah, now he's come face to face with the shit he caused. Exactly. Yeah, turnabout <laughs> is foreplay, you motherfucker. He anyway. says, please don't. He says, no, no. So he pulls his head up enough to see that it's Paxton and that, yes, this yeah. is. And then he cuts his throat, just like he cut yes. Josh's throat. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and he's back yeah. on the train and driving away. And, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. Roll credits. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, let's get some final thoughts. What do you guys think? If this movie is 10 fingers, I like two of those fingers a lot. Like there are things here that that's a really weird <laughs> way I said that. <laughs> parts of this movie that I really, really like. There are parts that I think are really well done. But overall, three fourths of the movie, I think it's just gross and really off putting. So, But what I do like, I really like. I, I saw what it was trying to do, Jen. I see what you're saying and you've kind of brought me around like there was potential here mm-hmm. but really at the end of the day I really see no redeemable qualities of watching this movie that's fair there are things about this movie that I wanted to like but they didn't pay off I thought yeah. that they could have done well and it just wasn't done well uh, I do think it's a better movie than cabin fever but it's that's such a low bar that yes. it's hard not to cover it but I don't recommend watching this movie. I, I, I don't think it was really worth watching. I don't think it's great. I do think I would recommend it just because of where it sits in horror. You know, like it is kind of yeah. a turning point in the horror genre, which we'll talk a little bit more about in Fun Facts. But like that's and I don't think it's if you're going to watch a torture porn movie, watch Saw And I do think it's worth watching to see that kind of movie, but I don't think it's great and I didn't really enjoy it. It's the kind of movie I like talking about a lot more than I like watching, you know? Sure. Well, let's talk box office. All right. So what do you guys think the budget for this movie was? I'm going to recuse myself because... Oh, all right. Well, Mikey, what do you think? $3 million. You're actually not that far off. It was $4.8 million. Okay. It's it's pretty low budget. Like it I mean, his first movie was a million dollars. So this is a, quite a bit of a bump. Yeah. But it's still right. a pretty cheap movie. Now, this movie came out January 6th, 2006. What do you guys think it made in its opening weekend just domestically? 7 million dollars. I want to guess. I think it's 40 million. Okay, this is just domestically just its opening weekend. It was 19.5 million, Jen. Okay. Oh, that's still really good. That's still higher than I thought. Yeah. It's so good. It, well, it made its budget back. Yeah, it made its budget back by quite a bit in its first week out. And it was the number one movie at the box office that week. It beat Chronicles of Narnia, King Kong, Fun with Dick and Jane, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, Munich, which is a great movie, Memoirs of a Geisha, Brokeback Mountain, which is a love story between Mikey and myself. Rumor has Aww. it. And the, <laughs> and the Family Stone. So it beat all of those movies. That was the top 10 that week. 
and Hostel was number one by about three and a half million dollars. Like it was way above its competition. It didn't really have a lot of competition. The other competition that it beat, it had been out for a few weeks, but still number one at the box office. That's great. For a really gory horror movie, that's pretty significant. Yeah, absolutely. For a definite R horror movie. So what do you guys think it made in its total worldwide run in theaters? This is what I think is 40,000 or 40 million. Okay. 47. (laughs) Holy shit, Mikey. You're all wrong, but... Uh. <laughs> Domestically, Mikey, it made forty-seven million. Internationally, oh. it made thirty-four million, mm. putting the worldwide, which was the question, at eighty-two point two million dollars, and it made about twenty-three million dollars, almost twenty-four million dollars on domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. So it made over a hundred million dollars on a four point eight million dollar budget. That's insane. That's why he's able to continue working because I think so too. Yeah. So Jen, hit us with some fun facts. All right, so fun facts. So this was written and directed by Eli Roth. It has two sequels, um, which I've heard pretty good things about the second one. And then the third one went straight to DVD, which is kind of seen in the industry as the death knell for torture porn. Like when this one didn't didn't get released, it was like, yeah, I think audiences are just kind of over this. And let's talk about torture porn for a minute. Okay. The term was coined because of this movie. By critic David Edelstein, um, in his review, he called it torture porn, and that's kind of retroactively been applied to Saw, which came out the year before this. Mm. Um, but torture porn is referring to these splatter films in the 21st century. There's a lot. I'm not going to dig too deeply into this, but I'm going to post an article because I think there's a lot to say about America post 9/11 that plays into the popularity of torture porn and just kind of where the country was. This one, I said this was a turning point. This is kind of a an important movie in the horror genre because it did kind of lead to a lot of other big horror movies that kind of lean into that torture vibe. See, I think Saw is the one who did that, not this one. Okay, and so that's what I was saying. Like, the term did not exist when Saw was out, but Uh, now it's been retroactively applied to it. The the directors of Saw have kind of regretted starting this torture porn thing, and that's mm -hmm. why they started doing more Insidious and The Conjuring kind of movies that are not really very gory at all. And then it kind of led to French Extremity, which is kind of a different thing. It's not exactly torture porn, although it shares some elements. But yeah, so that's why I do think this is kind of an important movie. All right, so there was an alternate ending, and it was filmed, and it is on the DVD. So some of you might have actually seen it. Oh, cool. um, Where Pax kidnaps the Dutch businessman's daughter, and he finds her teddy bear in the restroom. And so that's meant to show that he's torturing him mentally rather than actually killing him. And I think they made a smart choice in changing that because I think that's a terrible ending. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Well, I think test audiences didn't like it. And he was worried yeah. that they were going to, that like, logically, it doesn't make sense either, you know? He went with eight fingers to go kidnap this daughter. How do you find his address? I exactly. Mean, anyway, like, that's on the DVD, but they decided to cut it. And I like the ending better. Like, I, I don't mind the ending of this movie. This was inspired by a real murder vacation website that Eli Roth found. And actually, one of his friends was telling him about it. Wow. Yeah, in Thailand. He had heard about this, a website where you can pay $10,000 to shoot someone in the head. Oh, my God. But this person would have had to agree to it, and part of the money would go to their family. And I'm not sure if this is a real thing or not. Like, I don't think he knew. Sure. So he was trying to, like, get in touch with these people. And he said it was really hard to try to get in touch with people who were running this murder website and that it would be dangerous to ask. So he just wrote the fake story. So Slovak and Czech officials were really upset by this movie because 
they felt like it painted their countries in a wow, really negative a light. Exactly. I was like, yes. And so they said it negatively portrayed their country. And they offered him an all expenses paid trip to see like the good things about this country. And there's no fucking way I would do that. I'd be like, no, of course they're going to murder me. But so Eli Roth gave a press conference, I think. And these are two quotes from him, which I think just kind of sum up grossness about him. So in <laughs> trying to say that this was not a fair, like in trying to defend himself representing this country this way, he said, Americans do not even know that this country exists. My film is not a geographical work, but aims to show Americans' ignorance of the world around them, which I think I could see what he was trying to do, but I don't think he did it well. No, he did not do that. Exactly. The latest statistics I found was that 12% of Americans own a passport. 12%. They do not travel, but they think they own the world, and their dollar will buy everything. So Slovakia in the movie, it's not really Slovakia. It's movie Slovakia, and it's based on American stereotypes, which, yes, if you had done that in a way that was clear to your audience, would be fair but it's it's like fight club it's like if your movie is not clearly a satire you're not being satirical yeah a lot of people think that tyler durden is like someone to be revered and an amazing character when the actual message of that book and movie is that he's horrible exactly but if you don't do it well then you are just making a movie about a terrible person showing them as the hero yeah exactly yeah those quotes really bugged me um so the um torture scenes were filmed in a mental hospital in prague and i got conflicting things that said it was still functioning but the or that it had been abandoned but the wing that they used to have been closed for every over 50 years and the basement was so creepy that he actually invited a string quartet to play to make it less creepy which i think would make it more creepy yeah that sounds like the opposite like no, that no, sounds a, terrifying exactly you get a dj roomba to like run around that thing Hell and yeah. just play yeah. music like play pop like happy fun music you know yeah you play like sugar by maroon five or some shit <laughs> hey now you're an all-star just over and over again no oh. no 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 that's what drives be. you insane oh, that's what no. <laughs> all right so he met the guy who played ollie while he was living in iceland and we talked in our cabin fever episode where he he lived in iceland for a little bit um and he decided to write a role for him and this part bugs me too about eli roth after this he they premiered it in Iceland and he asked for a formal pardon for the way Icelanders were perceived in this movie. So he cared about Iceland and them not getting a bad rap, but not Slovakia and the Czech Republic, which that does not me. surprise me at all. But you it know. doesn't, though. <laughs> yep. So the porn movie that the guy is watching the guard in the torture dungeon it's called Sex Fever, and it's the porn <laughs> parody of Cabin Fever. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I, here I am thinking that Cabin Fever was already the porn parody of Cabin Fever. Exactly. Yeah. This is just the even more gross porn parody. Yeah. All right. So he directed it knowing that it would probably get an NC-17 and he would have to edit it down to R, but it got an R right away. And I think he kind of, I, I can link an article about where he talked a little bit more about how he sold that. But yeah, he didn't really have to edit much of the gore. Although I do think there's a director's cut of this that's more there, I think graphic. there is, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it and I don't really want to. When he was in the chair, when Josh was sitting in the chair, some of that scream, some of those screams are real because he pulled the chair up and then set it back down on his toe and it almost cut his toe oh, off because it hurt so oh. bad. So some of those screams, he's like really in pain. Oh, which, God. Just I know. hearing that is the worst worst so during the screening two ambulances were actually called um one of them a man left during josh's scene fainted and fell down an escalator and then there was a woman who asked to call an ambulance because she thought she was having a heart attack but it's possible those were stunts to kind of beef up publicity yeah a beef up bit. the yeah exactly yeah. and those are my fun facts 
Well, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. All right, Jen, so let's hit them with that scary scale. All right. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scary we thought the movie was. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were tonight when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd. I'm going to give it a five. All right. The last 40 minutes of this were pretty effectively scary for me. It was like really body horror scary, and I do not like it. Mm-hmm. The first hour was just really boobs. Like, it, it, that was not scary right. at all. It was horrifying on another level. Yeah, I felt bad for every woman involved in this movie. But yeah. the rest of the movie was very scary to me. Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to give it a three. Okay. All right. It's the first non-one in a while. That's saying something. Yeah. I'm going to say that the scene in the chair where the guy takes out the clippers and clips his hair and oh. puts it in the bag, that was really intense for me. Yeah. I think I'm going to give this a six. I can see that. Body horror gets you, man. Yeah, there's a big trigger for me in this movie, too. But it also, um, like, I thought this was going to be a 9 or a 10 for me. So there's part of me that's like, okay, it was, I like, I got through it. And I'm kind of proud of myself for that. So, yeah, so that's 6 for me. But, yeah, it's mm, really upsetting. Like, this is a not-for-gen movie. But if you guys didn't watch the movie and are just listening to us talk about it, I don't blame you. I don't think anyone should watch this movie. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you for not watching it. And, hey, I read the synopsis a long time ago because I wanted to know what was happening, but I didn't want to watch it. So, yeah. So this week, you guys made me watch Hostel. What are you guys making me watch next week? Well, Todd, you're in luck because next week we are watching Aliens. Dollar sign. Dollar sign. This is one of my favorite movies. Wow, okay. Cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Well, cool, guys. Watch Aliens for next week. Yeah. All right, Mikey, you got a review for us to read? Uh, Soon. All right, well, while you're looking up a review, I will tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes and, you know, leave a little something for us to have a, have a little fun with, like give Mikey an accent to work with, openly <laughs> mock me like we did last week, uh, those kind of things. All right, this one's from um, Angelus Dong. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what was that name? Angelus Dong. All right, well, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Dong, what, what do they have for us? Uh, they say, can't get enough. There's no accent. Oh, okay. Uh, when you listen to one episode of a new podcast, then go back and listen to the entire catalog, that should say it all. Always hilarious. Oh, Great to awesome. hear a newcomer's opinion on the genre. Keep oh. the episodes coming. Five stars. Yay. Have it, Mr. Week. So we will keep those episodes coming for sure. Thank you so much, Angelus Dong, for that wonderful reveal. Is that a Buffy reference, Angelus Dong? I don't know. Are you an Angel fan? They can't talk back. They can respond in their hearts. Uh, at Jen and answer her question, please. Yeah. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, so do us a favor and check out their great shows like The Halloweenies, Losers Club, um, Kyle Meredith With, This Must mm-hmm. Be the Gig, Ghost Echoes. There's a lot of they great podcasts. They got a lot of guys. awesome podcasts. But guys, if you want to see a full list of all the podcasts that are on the network and all the awesome like reviews and music stuff they do, check out their site at Consequence of Sound. If you want to follow us on social, you can do so by going to at Horror Virgin on all the socials. If you want to follow us all individually, Jen is at Jen Ferratu, Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome. And if you want to check out our website, go to horrorvirgin.com for like links in the merch store and stuff like that. And if you can help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin for a lot of great levels and a lot of great things. We always forget to mention this, but we do bonus episodes. So yeah. Like, There's hours and hours of free, like, extra bonus episodes online right now for you to binge. There's also listener requests and awesome stuff like that that we mention every week. But I just realized when I was editing last episode that we never talk about the bonus episodes that we do. Right. Do we not? We don't mention that? No, we never mention it. (laughs) 
So check out the bonus episodes. They're up there, ready to binge. There's a lot of great videos up there that I've been doing and that Jen's done in the past. And so, guys, check them out. It's a lot of great stuff. If you can't help financially support the show, you can always get our daily free content in our Facebook group, and that is linked on all of our socials. You can find it pretty easily. Or, you know, it's at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. But you'll find it. Well, so that's going to be it for us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us on this Eli Roth-a-thon. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're doing a non-Eli Roth movie next week, so, you know. Buckle up, guys. All right, I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. <laughs> Have an amazing week and stay safe. Bye. Slovakian nerds. Yeah, wear your masks. Yeah, wear your mask, guys. Consequence Podcast Network.